0: We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over there in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Potts Camp. Ooh, Potts Camp, baby. Yeah. Ooh, love it. Shout out
1: to, uh, I think Richard Russo, our, our friend Richard Russo is coaching at Potts Camp.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, Coach Russo. I do. I, I, he follows us on Twitter. Great guy to follow. Good guy. Almost so, positive he's at Potts Camp. Well, you know what? You, he, you
1: know he's listening, so he'll tell us in the morning. We need, we need a suggestion for him on what a uh, Brupolo would be called in Potts Camp. I mean, a coffee
0: pot? Come on, the coffee pots. It just works, right? It's got to be that way. Million-dollar idea, Robbie Falk. Wherever you live in our great state, get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. The holiday season is upon us. Now is the time to order your coffees and hot chocolates. They make great stocking stuffers. I almost said stocking stuffers. That would have been bad. Go to StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. So much great maroon and white merchandise. Just about a what two little over two weeks away from Black Friday, they always run a fantastic special on Black Friday. Once I know what it is, I will be more than happy to promote that for them. Um, But there's always great deals to be had there on Black Friday. So whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, get it at College Corner locations in uh, Flowood, uh, over by Fleet Feet. I'm sorry, by the Half Shell and Ridgeland, over by Fleet Feet, or always shop online, and they will have online specials at CollegeCornerStore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. That's the place, you know, guys. If you're trying to impress, you know, perchance to spy a lady, you were going to take her to Restaurant Tyler. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. That's that's where you're going. That's per where you. Perchance,
1: perchance,
0: yes, Looks like that. I thought that you would. So. And of course, the other side of that coin is if you and the guys just want to get together for a great guy's night out, it can start at Restaurant Tyler. Then you head down to the guest room for some custom cocktails. I mean, there's a lot going on there. And of course, if you just want to keep it really simple, they got the best blue plate in town, in my opinion. The hate Dad Special, fried chicken, cheese, grits, mac and cheese. I'm very carb heavy, in case you didn't know. You probably stuff the carbs. You there's nothing wrong have... with carbs. No, I think that's overrated. I mean, it's look at over-blown. me. I've been, eating, I've, been eating, I've been eating carbs my whole life. Nothing wrong with me whatsoever. I'm Sugar, big, carbs,
1: big all, carbs. That is, that. all that stuff is all that stuff's Can great you for you.
0: You see that? You see? You see that? What I'm talking about? Like, there's pop- nothing
1: wrong with a man on his butt. Look, look at uh, Rip right now in Yellowstone. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a, a healthy that man. Is peak masculine performance. Good beard. Women don't, women don't Women don't. want to admit it, but this is what the ideal male body looks like, in my opinion. I agree. So we say all that to say you can always have a good meal and a great time at Restaurant Tyler. <laughs> Firehouse Subs for lunch? Why not? Download the free Firehouse Subs app and make it really easy on yourself. You place your order online. It's ready within minutes. And not only do you get your order, you get a lot of reward points, more than just about any other app out there. So you could be eating a free sandwich. Before you know it, and of course, the great thing is, every time you go to Firehouse Subs, you have an opportunity. Hey, man, it's just the pocket change; it's just rounding it up, those dollars add up to the millions that Firehouse Subs donates back into our communities every year. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Floyd, and Madison. Firehouse Subs. I told Robbie before this uh, we started. He, you know, he was finishing up uh, his his duties watching women's basketball. By the way, I will come clean. I thought the game was here, so I was like, "Cool, Robbie will be in studio," and no, I, then I realized the game was in South Dakota. So, great. Sorry about that, Brian. That's okay. I should I should have been more clear. I I I just was like I figured it's the second game of the third game of the year. They normally play a few at home before they go. I, no, they were on the road, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Very very tough environment too. Yeah, and and they played well. I mean, they lost by one to a ranked team with this team this early in the season. I will take that. We're going to talk some hoops in just a minute. But what I told Robbie was, you know, we agreed to meet at eight forty five. I said, Robbie, I should have said, yeah, eight forty five sounds good. And then been here at 9.30. But I kind of just... Yeah, it. well, so, some people actually have respect for others, Brian. I, I am one of them. We're not going to go too far into Mike Leach's press conference, quite honestly, because there's nothing to talk about. And he, didn't give any, he didn't give any pearls of wisdom today. Um, what for I want to talk about... least... <laughs> I want to talk about this. And, and we said we're going into the Egg Bowl. You and I both agree the Egg Bowl this year is an Egg Bowl that has consequences beyond just who gets the trophy, right? These last two years, quite honestly, it's just been about the trophy. And there, there have been other years like that as well. You know, and and be honest with you, through the, the majority of the history of this rivalry, that's what it's been. It's just been the winner gets the trophy, and they have a marginally better season than the loser, and that's it. So, And I didn't want to go back to the, you know, the dawn of time. So let's just look at the last 20 years at these Egg Bowls. And tell me, you know, let's find ones that had something going on beyond just the the the, the winner of the game. No so I say, o two, o three, o four, o five, o six, o seven. Nothing. No. All right, maybe those, those are those are really boring. Well, I mean, both, for for both teams, teams. Yeah, I mean, the the teams. O three, Ole Miss was obviously good, and 0-3 was Jackie's last game, but that was de- that was determined before. You knew he had already retired. Um, remember those
1: those those years where I I guess it was like 0-4 through 0-7, really, mm-hmm. they were just kind of throwing Mississippi State into like a day game. Mm-hmm. And those are like that, like there was no like nighttime well, played, environment or anything like that. Like they, they played just played
0: eleven AM Friday, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, right? I mean yeah. just awful games. Brutal. Oh seven. I mean, you could say that Kroom needed to beat Ole Miss that year because he had, had finally had what he you thought was his breakthrough season. And, you know, to lose to so that bad Ole Miss team would have been embarrassing, but I'm not going to go there. Let's start with 08. And now I will say this about 08. When I arrived in Oxford, and I think I got there the day before the game, we stayed, we, we stayed the night before. I didn't think State was going to fire Kroon after that game. I, I did not. And I, now, granted, I, did, I also didn't think State was going to lose 45 to nothing. But if, if it was like 20, 24 to 7, yeah, he might keep his job. I, I to this day, I think if you could go back in time, Houston Nutt would have tried to win that game by a score like that, made it competitive because they, they made it so bad that Greg Byrne had no choice. But even yeah. then, I, I, I didn't expect that. But that's the first one where I guess there was something beyond because I think at this point, Ole Miss thinks okay, we've landed Houston Nutt, who's just come off of all these great years at Arkansas. He's one of the top coaches in the country. He comes in here. He immediately wins. He goes eight and four off a team that didn't win a conference game the year before that. Ole Miss fans think we're off and running. Mississippi State fans are on the the other side of that. Kroom has now had his fourth straight losing, fourth losing season in five years. He didn't follow up at all on winning, going to a bowl game and winning eight games the year before. And you're walking into Oxford thinking, we're about to be down for, for a long, long time. I don't think, I don't know how, how much the game itself had importance at kickoff, but it grew in importance as the game went on and it just kept getting worse and worse for Mississippi State. What
1: game was that? 08.
0: Oh, yeah, that was,
1: and it, it was, it was really kind of just the culmination of just being absolutely putrid on the offensive side of the ball. From a scheme standpoint and personnel, they couldn't block, they couldn't throw, they couldn't run the football. It's, you know, I, I always wonder what that season looks like if uh, Wesley Carroll was still there. Cause I thought he, I, th- I thought he did a pretty good job. He was there.
0: He just got benched. Did he get benched? I thought he transferred. Yeah. No, he transferred before, right when Mullen got there, which I never, ever understood. He must, Are you sure? I'm positive. He started the 08 season. He started the Louisiana Tech game, and Kroon benched him midway through the game for Tyson Lee. Okay. Uh, you might be right. I, I can't I am, I'm positive that I am. Um, and and I, Like I said, I never understood why the next year Kroom, Wesley Carroll just didn't show up in Dan Mullen's office and say, hey, I'm the guy who took him to a bowl game two years ago. Nice to meet you. I think yeah. he, he was just like so... And I don't know for sure, because I've never talked to Wesley about it, but You get the impression he was just so put out by what had happened. I mean, because think about it, right? And this is one of this is another great Kroom coaching decision. You have a true freshman quarterback that takes you to a bowl, an unexpected bowl game, right? That guy's supposed to be the cornerstone. That's the guy you're going to build around for the next three years. That's the guy. And instead, Mm -hmm. Kroom created a quarterback competition where nobody was looking for one. And you end up with Tyson Lee, who, you know, bless his heart, did the best he could. I thought he was going to die out there on the field in Oxford that day. But and Chris Relf was nowhere close to being ready. That's the other thing with Kroon that I, people who ever want to talk about Kroon with me, I point to that all the time. Like he recruited Chris Relf to play quarterback in his system. Chris Relf worked fine in Dan Mullen's system. Chris Relf in the West Coast offense would have been a, a train wreck of unbelievable. He would have been a linebacker by the time he was a junior.
1: Well, I mean, it's very similar to. Being uh, to uh, having Omar Connor in that offense, you're not wrong. Except for you know, Omar Connor was a lot more athletic, but yeah, very similar st- style
0: quarterbacks. And that they were, you know, yeah, don't want to go too far down the crew road here, but just to say that 08, I, th- I feel like at game time wasn't the most important game, but by the middle of the second quarter, you were thinking crew might not survive this, mm. and you ended up being right. <laughs> Yeah, I remember being at that being
1: at my house watching that game. My parents were in the Holy Land. Mm. Oh, for wow. like 2 weeks so I was at the house by myself, so I was able to cuss as much as I wanted to. I bet you did. I drove I got in the car. I was living in Knox Pater at the time. Mm-hmm. I got in my car and I drove to Louisville because I just I couldn't watch it anymore. So I decided I'm just going to listen to Jack Crystal. His commentary
0: um, is golden from that game.
1: Right. So, lots of cussing, lots of beating my steer wheel, steering wheel and Honestly, it was the greatest thing that's happened to Mississippi
0: State football, to be honest with you. I've always said it's one of State's biggest wins. Maybe the most important win in the Egg Bowl that they've had. 09, sort of the same thing, right? I think that State came into that game thinking, okay, this is a good old Miss team. You know, Mullen first year, growing pains. Let's just see what we can do. And then by the middle of the second quarter, you're like, wait a minute, we can win this game. So what I would say is that game is a hugely important Egg Bowl. But yeah. it, you didn't know it at the beginning of the game. Right. That game was one of those, like, coming in, I think
1: state fans thought that they had a shot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Houston Nutt, like, there was a lot of momentum around Ole Miss. Houston Nutt was saying, you know, there's only one team on the rise in the state right. and things like that. So we knew that nobody was going to be upset, like, really, really upset at Mississippi State for losing that game. Right. Because we all kind of knew that Dan Mullen was close. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he and gave then- – he gave good games to. He even gave a good game, I thought, to Georgia Tech. But
0: Houston, mm-hmm. LSU, mm-hmm. there were, there were games where, where the game was in reach. Well, even in Florida, the Florida game, it wasn't an embarrassment or anything like that. They just, you know, they were out talented. You yeah. knew that that team was was going to be good next the next year. But well, it, I, I think it got what, the I think, spark from winning this game. I think the key
1: to that game was Dan Mullen made it important. Yeah, the whole week walked you know, it when he got when he took the job, well, what we heard during the week, like they had put like Ole Miss stickers in the urinals. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they put a jersey on the on the mat mm-hmm. where players could step on it, and wipe their feet off. Like mm-hmm. he was really making sure that the players knew this game is is important. Mm-hmm. And they came into that ball game. You had all those guys out there that were Mississippi guys that yeah. took pride in that game, and. I thought that that was really the difference in the game is Mississippi State just had a mindset that we can beat these guys. Yeah. And that's what they did.
0: No question. 10 and 11, there's not a lot going on there. Obviously Nut again, Nut is sort of like Cheryl in 03. He's already out the door when that game is played. 12 is an important egg ball. Because if if State wins in 12, that's four straight and Mullen now has, you know, he's one up on Hugh Freeze and it's just we're going to continue to dominate this series. Freeze, He first off, he needed it for bowl eligibility. He was five and six coming in. And he needed to make a statement that we're back. Ole Miss is not going to continue to get pushed around by Mississippi State. This was a big egg bowl. It had stakes beyond just the trophy.
1: I think a lot like the 09 egg bowl. Yeah. I think it was very similar to that. Really just, a just, just, just the mirror
0: image of it. Yeah.
1: Because at that point, and it was just like, Mississippi State didn't have a whole lot of juice in the rivalry with State. You know, Ole Miss had really been struggling there at the end of the Houston Nut era. And Hugh Freeze comes in. They're competitive just like State was in 2009. They got a chance for bowl eligibility. State has a chance to get to nine regular season wins. Mm -hmm. Was that right, I think? And and possibly ten wins um, there that season if you get a bowl game, too. So, a lot of – there was a lot on the line there for, for both teams, I thought, but Ole Miss playing a lot more loose than Mississippi State. State was playing pretty tight, and we saw what happened there. Yeah.
0: 13. Eh. It's a, it's a great game and a historic game, but the, the stakes are nothing. 14 is interesting because I think it's. I will say on 13,
1: I thought that was important for State to win that game mm-hmm. to go to the. Go to the bowl game. Mm-hmm. It to was to prepare them for twenty fourteen. It I definitely mean, was because they were about to. They about to have five wins. I think yeah, they,
0: they would have. They would have been out. They would not have gone to a bowl. And 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 so we know that the, that game, that Liberty Bowl, was the springboard for Dak Prescott as right. a national player. So I think that game was huge. Okay, you can talk to prepare me that. to prepare Mississippi State mean for number for Ole Miss, one. Miss, though. Ole
1: Miss. No, no, no.
0: They would have liked to have won, obviously, but it, it wasn't a, a deal breaker for them. They still won eight games that year. 14 yeah. is interesting because prior to the game, you started getting the idea that even if state won, they were going to get cut, cut out of the college football playoff, that Ohio State was going to get in ahead of them. Um, I would have liked to have seen the committee put to that decision, but obviously we know which way it went. For Ole Miss, if you look. I'll say this, for Ole Miss, if you lose this game, you know that Mississippi State's probably finishing that season in the top five. Now, you're just coming off this great recruiting class where you brought in all these top players, and now Mississippi State's going to have a top five season, and you're going to finish eight and four. They went to the Peach Bowl because they finished nine and three. At eight and four, they're probably headed to, like, Music City. Well, I guess they'd gone there the year before, but they're heading somewhere like that, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And if State wins that game, they've won five out of six. Including now, and now they're two and one against Freeze. This is a game, I, this has some juice. Yeah. Yeah. That, and you know, it was just, it, it was such a buzzkill at the end of the year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it, big time. That, that, that season could not have ended more poorly. You lose to Alabama, then you beat a terrible Vanderbilt team, then you lose to Ole Miss, and then you lose the bowl game. I mean, it takes a season that was so special. And it's just like, when you think of 2014, like, you want to stop thinking after the Auburn game. You don't want to remember anything else. And the thing about that for Ole Miss is they were beaten to pieces. Bo Wallace was
1: on a bad ankle. Mm-hmm. They didn't have hardly any wide receivers left. Everybody was hurt. Drew hurt, yeah. I mean, it was just like it, – it, it felt like it was
0: gift wrap for Mississippi State to take the a road lost win. to Arkansas the week before, 30 to nothing. And you're like, yeah. okay, all right, State's going to get this one. I remember in that game, the start of the second half, State puts a drive together and Dak goes over the top for a touchdown to give State the lead. I think it, it led like 10-7. And I was, I, all of the State fans around me were like, okay, we're about to grab control here. Mm-hmm. And then like the next play almost hits uh, Evan Ingram for like an 80-yard pass. And they score and, and it just went from there. That's one that has some juice. The next year has a lot of juice, 2015, because the winner of that game was going to go to the Sugar Bowl. It was, it was just that simple. The winner of that game was going to the Sugar Bowl. And stayed at home, Dak's last game. We, You and I have talked a few times. I know Joel and I have talked a few times about the way that game, the way the pregame was done for that. It, it handicapped Mississippi State from the very beginning. Um, I mean, put Dak in a position where he had to go from breaking down crying to back to play football. Dak was not himself in that game. He just, he just wasn't. Mm. He, was, he was off. He uh, fumbled all, on the first drive. And Remember that drive? State's moving down the field. looks like they're going to get a touchdown. And then Dak, of all people, fumbles the football. And give Ole Miss a ton of credit. They played incredibly well that night. Chad Kelly was really, really good. Defensively, Tony Bridges made the only play he ever made in two years in Oxford for a pick six. They they dominated the game. No no question about it. But that's a game that had juice, that had a meaning before. 16, we didn't know it was Hugh Freeze's last hurrah at the time, but 16 was just two bad teams going at it, right? 17, again, we didn't know Mullen was going out the door, or maybe we suspected, but that was uh, you know, not a great Ole Miss team. But it ends up having some meaning, right? You have Mullen leaving, you have Fitzgerald getting hurt, and then you also have Matt Luke winning that game and getting the permanent job. I think if he loses that game, they, they do a search. Yeah. And before, that, game, and before the game, you don't know all this. Yeah, that, that game to me turns out differently if Nick Fitzgerald is. 100%. Um, yeah. True. 100%. If he, if, he, if, he, if he could play, he would have been running the football effectively all night. And, uh, and you had, I think, four turnovers in that game. from I think Keaton fumbled and threw three picks or something like that. I, I don't remember. but
1: still, They still had a chance. They still had a chance to win the game. game.
0: Keaton turned the ball over where Nick Fitzgerald would not have. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around that. And 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 they showed they could not stop Nick Fitzgerald. Couldn't stop and Aeris Williams and Kylan Hill had big games in that game. State was running the ball effectively. They just fell behind and and they couldn't get it dig out of the hole. So 17, eh, 18, eh. Bad Ole Miss team. Moorhead needed that win to like get everybody back. If you remember after that game, that was maybe the most support Joe Moorhead ever had. Was after he won the game, he blew Ole Miss out on their home field, and then he cussed out and called out the Ole Miss administration after the game. That was probably the most bandwagon he had at any point in starting. Isn't the guy that he cussed out like working at the SEC Network? SEC Network now, Michael Thompson, yeah. So Now we're to come to 19. This is the one that I think everybody would circle as maybe in terms of off-the-field importance. This was the top one. And going into that game, both sides were saying, "Win or lose, we're we're moving on from our coach." Both sides were saying that. Well, Ole Miss was not. You don't think?
1: He, no, Keith Carter actually came out in support for Matt no. Luke. But prior you know, to that's, that, that's the old vote of confidence. no, 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 no. I think, I think, without that
0: leg hike, that he probably keeps his job. So let me ask you this then: What if they just lose the game? Just normal lose the game. You know, on that play. Moore drops the ball and state wins twenty one to fourteen. Does Matt Luke keep his job?
1: I think he does. Ooh. Just because,
0: just because butterfly of butterfly effect.
1: Just because of the um, the fact that, like I said, they came out and said, "Like we so you, support you think- the coach. He's going to be our coach moving forward."
0: I think that that was just such an egregious error. But It happened twice. They were like oh. that you know. Yes. You had, it happened. DK Metcalf does it in victory and Luke. You and I talked about this. I know it, it maybe off, not on this podcast. You weren't on there, but I know we talked about it off the air about how Ole Miss, you know, you have that incident in seventeen, and Matt Luke's behind the phone was like, "We won't let that happen again. That's not who we are." Blah blah blah. And then it happens the next time you played in Starkville, and you and I know behind it, the scenes
1: that dude saying, "It, it kind of and-
0: <laughs> Yeah. So Elijah Moore. The, the butterfly effect of the Elijah Moore urination simulation is one of the all-time great college football timelines, you know, of how that one decision put everything in motion that, that we're still effect, having effects from to this day. Um, I've said many times, I don't think State was going to fire Moorhead after the game, regardless. I, a lot of people thought that even if he won, he was gone. Uh And then he sealed the fact that he wasn't going to go because he got out there and made that made the speech that he made after the press at the press conference. Which if he had made that speech and then gotten fired the next day, it would have been a not a bad look for Cohen, but a weird look. Is that a a good way to put it? Yeah. How,
1: How strange is it, by the way, that you know all we all we talk about is you know if Mississippi State has a coach that can get to bowl games and beat Ole Miss that coach is going to be revered. Right. And people could not wait for Joe Moorhead to get Man. out of here. And he beat Ole Miss twice, and he went to two bowl games.
0: In fairness, like you and I both know that there were things going on off the field that we, were problems. We do. And, but, and we, but the average and, fan, you're correct, did not like Joe Moorhead, despite the fact that he went excuse me, to two bowl games and beat Ole Miss twice. And, and also, I think a point that needs to be
1: made is we all saw – that the end game we all saw what was going to happen to mississippi state if he stayed as the coach especially was once, steadily trending down
0: especially once Ole miss hired kiffin you did not want kiffin versus moorhead that was going no. to be a huge mismatch not that kiffin versus leach hasn't been a mismatch but it would have been a lot worse i think yeah and so you know I 2021 agree. those games are just games right nothing nothing going on there and that brings us to 22. Nothing on the line really for Ole Miss, except for maybe if they win this weekend against Arkansas. You know, back-to-back ten-win seasons—that's a, that's a real accomplishment. If you're telling me that Ole Miss has a chance to win twenty games in two years, not a lot of teams in the country. I mean, off the top of your head, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Does anybody else have back-to-back double-digit win seasons? Clemson, I guess. Clemson's not up there because they Clemson didn't have a very good. No, Clemson won ten last year. They were ten and three. Did they? Yeah, I thought they were worse than that. That's why. That's the thing, though. Clemson ten and three is worse. Yeah, I mean that's what we're talking I about. Think they're,
1: I think they're they they've they definitely had probably like top
0: five most wins in the yeah.
1: in the so yeah that for
0: them and then for state. I th- I've said it many times. I'm going to stick to it. I, Leach is safe no matter the re- re- result of this game. Let me come back to that though. But it does a loss sets the tone for. You, you're, the, rest, the next year is just going to kind of be do or die. But let me ask you this. Let's go back to 08. Let's bring this full circle. Again, I said I, I arrived at Vaught-Hemingway that day not thinking any chance Sylvester Cream wasn't going to be the head coach in 2009. If it's bad Thanksgiving night, is there, an op, is there a, a, a chance that Leach doesn't survive that? I don't think in this stage of
1: college football you can ever put that out of the question. Mm-hmm. There's so much pressure to win, especially in the SEC. If there's enough people that have money, enough people that have prestige within this fan base, within this administration, that believe that this isn't going to work. I think it was Jeremy Foley and probably some other people that have said this, but if you, what, there's no reason to delay what you feel like is, an, is the inevitable. Right. It uh, must be and, done. It and so,
0: must be done. Eventually, it must be done immediately. There you go. So,
1: so basically, if Mississippi State feels like Mike Leach is not going to work here, then what's the point of of wasting a, another year? Mm-hmm. Now, with that with that said, he has a chance to win over a lot of people on Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. He has a chance to to kind of cement himself in here for a little bit. But I really feel like, I've been saying this for a while, I really feel like this is the crossroads. You win this game, and people are saying, okay, we, we can do this. You're going to have an opportunity to win nine ball games, And like I've said, there's nobody that, that can be upset about that. Everybody would have taken eight wins and a win over Ole Miss in the regular season. And a lot of people might have donated a kidney. I don't know. But everybody would have taken that preseason. So if you do it and you win a ninth game possibly in the bowl, there's there should be almost sellouts in season tickets next year. Mm-hmm. But if you don't win this game, if you go in and you, and you just put up another stinker in an egg bowl with Mike Leach, you lose that game for the third straight time. You're looking at you're staring down seven wins possibly because I mean who's getting up for a bowl game at that point? Then I, I really believe that. At the very least, his seat is starting to catch fire. And uh, you're already starting to see – I mean, we, we saw uh, a lot of people that were getting really annoyed on, on Monday. And I think yeah. people are starting to kind of – people are starting to get, get over some of the Mike Leach shenanigans, whether it be, you know, press conference or coming out and laying an egg on the field or whatever. I, I think people are kind of getting tired of that. And you're starting to lose some people here. So these next two games are absolutely pivotal for Mike Leach at Mississippi State. He really needs to, to win these
0: next two. Agreed. Agreed. Big egg bowl coming up Thanksgiving night. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. Let's talk some hoops. Uh, but first, let's talk about the Mississippi Beef Council. Don't forget, guys, go to msbeef.org and place a vote for your favorite burger joint, your favorite steakhouse in the state of Mississippi. We have so many great steakhouses from South Haven to Biloxi and all points in between. So many great places to drop in and get a burger. Every small town in this state has got a great place to get a hamburger. Tell us where they are. Let's read all about them. msbeef.org, a quick survey and your vote will be counted. I put my vote in for my favorite burger, my favorite steak. I'm sure Robbie will be doing the same if he hasn't already. So many great places, not just here in Starkville, not just in your hometown, but if you're a person who travels the state like I do, I found a lot of these great places, and I always look forward to going back to them. So go to MSBeef.org. Place your vote for the best hamburger and the best steak in the state of Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. I didn't tell you, by the way, I got an email from someone at the Mississippi Beef Council who wanted to invite us to come tour one of their facilities. Uh, because they, they, they were talking about the conversation we had about how I know everything about Tri-Tip and nobody told me about it. And they were like, <laughs> if that's true, you need to come check all this out. And I had to explain to him. I was like, I I I home, like first of all I wouldn't mind coming out there. I may try to set up a date for that. Right. But it's like can we get are we gonna get free beef? I don't know. I didn't ask. I didn't ask. If we have well, to process I hate to push beef, it, I'm going baby. to I'm gonna want to take it home. I'll just put it that way. But I had to explain to him, I was like, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of it's sort of a rib at the Welcome Home Beef guys, more than anything else. So rib, get it? Ribs. I like ribs. I like okay. I like I like barbecue. I like smoked southern soul food, and I get it when I go to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. We need to – I haven't been in a couple weeks, so that means it's about time for me to go back. Two Brothers. And, of course, now the football season winding down. Good. All you miscreant tourists are out of here, and me and Robbie can get our tables once again. No, I'm just kidding. We love seeing everybody. We love seeing a packed house. I love to go by Two Brothers and seeing a packed house because it makes me think maybe somebody in there listened to me and said they wanted to go there, and that's that's what it's all about. In like fact, the last time I was there, I walked in and somebody grabbed me, and they're like, "We were here on your recommendation, and it was a good one." Guys, I'm not I'm not pulling your leg. The food is great, the people are great. You always enjoy yourself at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service is something that every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems can deliver it to you, and they've got forty seven years of proof. That the proof is in the pudding and the pudding is in nope. Doesn't work. Couldn't make it work, guys. We're just going to go back to where we were. Well, you tried. I did try. And that's all that matters. It's the holiday season. It's a time to try. That being said, you should try Advantage Business Systems. When you next time you need a new copier, new printer, new computer or laptop for your business, give them a call. And then if you need service, you call the same number. You're probably talking to the same person. And you've got that relationship. You're not talking to an out-of-state call center, an out-of-state consultant or, or, or contractor who has to come and make an appointment. No, you're talking to somebody who's like, hey, you're in Jackson. We can probably be there later today if that works for you. And it will. It will work for you when you deal with Advantage Business Systems. 601-362-9192. Or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Imagine dad on Christmas day and he's, he's so happy. There's a package under the tree for him. You've already opened 50 other packages that weren't for him. This is his one gift. And he opens it up and they're like, I think you're going to like it, dad. It's something you can wear to the game. Oh, that sounds great. And he opens the, the, the package and he pulls off the lid and there's a shirt with the logo, the size of his head on it. Now, dads aren't going to sit there and tell you that you gave him a crap gift. Just going to grin and bear it. Just be like, Oh, Son, I, I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you, honey. I was And, it was, it and look was, at that big, giant logo. Oh, look how big the logo is. It makes me... People are going to know I'm a state fan, that's for sure. Son, you must have a marketing degree. And then, <laughs> and then the first chance he gets, he's going to spill some ketchup on it. Oh, it's got a stain. It's ruined. I can never wear it again. <laughs> Let's avoid this nightmare. Let's shop at the Rogue. Let's check out the Rogue's collegiate collection. Crisp, clean, well-made polos. The logos, they're nice and subtle. You know, just enough that you can tell who you're cheering for. Just enough. And they're the logos that you, the fans, want. The, the, uh, the M over S, the walking bully, and of course, that glorious state script. Shop at the Rogue and Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Mississippi State men's basketball off to a 3 and zero start on the season. Robbie, I think some of the things we talked about about this team early on are coming to pass, and that I'm still not sure where they're going to get offense from throughout the year. Although Tulu Smith, Tulu, I'm gonna do that all year. Tolu Smith, Paul Jones would beat me up if you heard me say that. Tolu Smith, SEC player of the week. But I think offensively, it's still very much a work in progress. But the effort, the energy on defense, and the and the overall manner of play is a lot more aesthetically pleasing than it was a season ago. I will say this, the game Friday night, which by the way was a huge success for Barstool, uh no surprise when the king of the South Brandon Walker is running the show there. But the 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 way they fell behind early in the second half, I think you and I both know that a year ago that would have ballooned into like they were down one, that would have ballooned into like a 10-15 point defeat. They came back, not only did they come back, They totally dominated the rest of the second half, which has become sort of a theme in these games. State is really a good second-half team. It's it's early. It's only three wins. I know Joe Lenardi's first bracketology of the season had State in the first four out. That's a great thing. We'll see where it takes us the rest of the year. But the early returns are promising for Chris Jans. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought each of the first two games, the second-half
1: adjustments were really impressive. Just, you know, the the things that they they saw in the first half that they adjusted in the second half, and also just clamping down on the opposing team and just absolutely strangling them in the second half, I thought that was, to me, really telling of what kind of coach Chris Jans is. I still think that this team's going to have some games this year where, you know, people are going to be upset because now people have gotten a taste of the success early on in the season. There's going to be some people that – you know, the, they'll, they'll see some struggles during this season. They'll get, get upset about it. But that's going to come with this team. I just I don't think that the personnel is built to be a, you know, a, a team that's going to be a great night in and night out right now. Mm-hmm. But I like the style of play. I like how much he's getting out of his players at this stage already. Mm-hmm. And the first two ball games were against two really, really good teams. I don't expect to see Alabama State to compete for a, a trip to the Boy tournament, but the first two teams, I think, are are perfectly capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M Corpus Christi did go to the Boy tournament last year,
0: and Akron, did they go Akron, as well? I think they won their conference. I'm not sure that they were a tournament team, I have to go back okay. and a little. Either way, both of those teams were good teams
1: and expected to be good teams this year as well, so... Really impressive. I, I thought that that second half against Akron was really, really impressive. And you could hear the, the Barstool guys who I doubt did a ton of research on these games. No. And that was, that was fine. I'm perfectly fine with them getting names wrong, saying Mississippi yeah. a, a few times because they were incredibly entertaining.
0: And, and I also, uh, they're not professional sportscasters. Right. They're just I, dudes. ESPN, get it right. Barstool, I don't care. Yeah, and so people
1: were were somehow did not know what to expect coming into that broadcast
0: and were upset at the, at the language every now and then. I think so. that that's kind of the future in some ways, that you're going to see more of these casual. The Manning cast is another example that these casual – people are asking us every week, and obviously it's too late in the season now, but to set up something on Twitch where we're watching the game and just sort of having a live stream – that's something I think we might look into next year if we could find a way to monetize it. You know, people love people love the ability to, to see mm-hmm. the real in other people, especially when you can set up like especially with Twitch where you could set up a chat room and people can ask questions. There's something to that. I, it's something I I'll just go ahead and tell you guys listening. It, I'm going to look into it for next year. I don't know if Robbie, the way his job works, could get away from the press box. I could.
1: I mean, a road game, especially. Road games, for sure.
0: For sure. I talked about doing something similar like that with Borky this year. I think that would be interesting because of the different opinions. But something I'm going to look into for next season. But let's get back to Chris Jans and this team. Like I said, the early returns are very promising. This non-conference schedule, I think we all know, it's not the most uh, brutal in the world. But if they can win their way through it, when you get into conference play, if you you can find some wins, I I think – I think in year one, and Chris Jans will probably not want to hear me say this, but I think the NIT would be a fantastic start for Chris Jans this year. If it gets to the NCAA tournament, it's going to be start. It's going they're going to start seeing some wool popping up on my arms for long term with Chris Jans because this team is not built, in my opinion, to be an NCAA tournament team. If it gets there, it's because Jans coached them there.
1: If it gets there, then he deserves SEC Coach of the Year. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not trying to down the roster or anything like that. I just I don't think that this roster is built for sustained success on the offensive end. Mm -hmm. But you got to love what they're doing on defense, man. And I think that's going to give them a chance most nights in this league. Um, They're going to have to win some games in the low 60s, Mm -hmm. maybe
0: in
1: maybe even a couple of games in the 50s, which Mm -hmm. is hard to do these days, right? Because everybody's able to score.
0: Everybody's got shooters, yeah.
1: And here's another thing I'll say. We talk about the offense, you know, lack of, the, lack of production and stuff on, on offense or, you know, perceived lack of production. Mm-hmm. Those guys are, are starting to come together a lot better than I thought. Mm-hmm. you got some, some guys that are making three-pointers. Uh, they're, they're having some, some pretty good offensive sets. So this offense might end up being better than we think. I think it's just going to take time, but there's no way that you can be upset about what you've seen so far.
0: No, I agree. I agree, 100. So,
1: and I good start. I for just, the men. I love, I love, um, I just love the personality of Chris Jans. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he really understands.
0: It's, the, it's the right blend of teacher and, for lack of a better word, es kicker.
1: Yeah, the, and the only reason that he is at Mississippi State and not at a bigger program is the incident that he had.
0: No, no question. And that sometimes those things pan out for you in, in a different way. You know, uh, I'm sure Big Daddy would say that God works in mysterious ways. Is how he would put you in the right place at the right time. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. Good start for the men. I think a good start for the women, despite the loss on Monday night again you see some 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 promising hints of the future with with Sam Purcell and of course you combine that with Sam Purcell sort of doing some one thing that Chris Chance has not been able to do he's attracting elite talent
1: yeah he's got he's got a roster that i feel like is ready for competition in the SEC and in, in the Incident boy the first two games were outstanding i thought from them and hit hit a bit of a snag on monday night but I'm not really, you know, rushing to the uh to any conclusions on that game. I knew that game was going to be tough before the season even started. He knew it was going to be tough. He's been talking about it for a couple of weeks about, you know, getting to those first two games and and getting this measure stick. I think he was really excited about that game. Yeah. And it just wasn't a good game for state. They were 7 of 27 from 3. They um got out-rebounded by 16, mm-hmm. and they were much bigger and I thought much more athletic team. The difference, I thought, was home court. I thought the state was rattled a little bit, mm-hmm. and I thought that also South Dakota State is just a great program. This is this is the, the stuff that they do uh, year in and year out. They're always in position, and they're very fundamentally sound. They didn't make um, – well, I, I would say they didn't make mistakes, but they had a lot of turnovers. So I guess I can't say that, but they were just in the right position and uh, took advantage of Mississippi State's mistakes on their end. But I really believe that they're going, this team's going to be fine. Uh, it, it might take some time for Sam to mesh, for those players to mesh, for everybody to get their roles. But I think both of these hires were just dynamite by John Cohen. You got to give him a lot of credit for that.
0: We, we, don't, uh, we don't do that here. You don't give John Cohen quit credit we can't we can't do that any longer. I'm sorry. I didn't know. there's a spider on the other side of my uh, my desk here. We'll see what happens we'll, we'll monitor.
1: I, thought you're, I thought you were about to say sitting next to me, I was going to freak out.
0: no, but we'll monitor. what do you
1: hate what do you hate worse spiders or uh spiders, rats or snakes
0: rats I don't, yeah, me too. I, don't I don't deal with rats like, so that's why that's why I I'll, don't understand I' will scream like a little girl if I see a rat
1: yeah yeah you know, i i am I'm, I'm with you too on
0: that yeah they're they're no they're they're the disgust that's why I have cats that's why I don't understand why people have these things as pets rats no i don't get it i uh, no, i don't i don't get that or snakes. have I ever, have I ever told you the story of uh of of my my roommate in college who had a a, a cayman no so he had a little caiman, right a little, little little miniature crocodile that he had for a long time until it finally it got too big that you couldn't keep it right So we fed it mice. So we would go like every other, every week or so to go buy a couple of mice from the pet store. And they put them in a little box and said, thanks for taking me home. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you're going home. All right. Well, one going to meet your maker. Yeah. And, And whenever we would, we would feed him, it was always, it would draw a show. Like people knew that it was, his name was Cracker. Was Cracker's feeding day. They would just show up at our house and drink beer and watch Cracker eat mice. You remember but, the? You remember?
1: Um, was it road trip with? Uh, at the iguana, right? With, Tom, with uh, Tom Green. Yeah. When he was he was trying to feed the the mice
0: to the yeah
1: iguana or snake or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was just like playing with it. Like it, it wouldn't, wouldn't eat it. it and he was getting them. so upset about now, it.
0: Cracker didn't like to play with his food. He was a hungry mug, but. One time I remember they didn't put them in the box. They just put them in a little paper bag and they didn't even double bag it. And like halfway on the drive home, that mouse starts chewing through the bag and his head's popping out. And I'm like, we got to go quick or I'm going to throw this bag out the damn window. (laughs) And they're just little, they're just little
1: critters, but like, I can't, I can't take it. I can't 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 do, I can't can't do the eye, the beady
0: eyes, the tail. I'm I'm getting the the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm just saying. I say all that to know, say Sam Purcell. Good job.
1: But you know, snakes—they kind of they'll stay in the woods. They'll yeah. stay
0: hidden. They don't. Want, they don't want you to mess with them. I have a snake in my backyard somewhere, but he doesn't bother me, and he keeps the rodent population down. Yeah, I've I've stopped killing good snakes. Snakes? I used to be. Vehemently in the backyard against them. is the outer defenses. All right. He's he's the moat. If you get through that, though, I got four cats waiting on you. Come on in, mouse. See what happens. Yeah, they, they invade our privacy. I don't, I don't deal with them. I don't need this thing scurrying across my I floor. I remember one time, I remember once you were talking about you had a mouse problem. I was like, get a cat. And you did not want to get a cat. You did not want one. And now you have one. You're like, I was an idiot for not getting a cat earlier. I, I had two at one point, but one of my
1: cats ran off my favorite cat. Oh, I man. didn't I didn't ask for this cat. It just showed up at my doorstep, and I, I can't do anything with it. I'm taking care of it. So my other cat felt threatened by it and it left and never came back so now i'm I'm stuck with this cat which all it wants to do is sit at the door and wait for me to feed it nice. instead of going out and hunting mice like we're talking about
0: well we'll see how that goes all right three picks behind robbie in the in the uh the college football pick here only two more weeks to go robbie a bunch of crap games this weekend is that the spot no i, I thought it was thought it was on my leg i felt something it was just this cord here that that's when they're going bad. to south carolina for the sec nation you know it's you know, bad, it's bad games. right so i, w- I want to skip all these austin p alabama state obviously we're not through that uh uh western kentucky auburn i mean western Kentucky's not bad and honest if harson were still there i would pick western kentucky i'll tell you that but with cadillac but they're, yeah, they yeah they they're, they're riding right high all right new I mean, mexico state missouri no problem UAB, LSU, no problem. I just want your thoughts on something, though. We're not going to pick this game, but I have my college football pick them. Texas A&M is a 33-and-a-half point favorite over UMass. Mm-mm. I'm taking UMass in the points here. Yeah.
1: Until proven otherwise, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking well, only, Texas A&M to score thirty. They played an points.
0: FCS team earlier in the first week of the season and only scored 31. No, it was 31-0. Yeah. I, this team's bad right now, man. Yeah, just, bad. I'm gonna okay. I feel I feel better hearing your thoughts on that. All right, here's the ones to pick: Florida at Vanderbilt. Look at Vanderbilt. Here, here you ready for this? Uh, my my buddy Riley pointed this out. Riley Nelson, avid listener of the podcast, never misses one. He said, "Who would have ever thought that Texas A&M would be out of the bowl picture before Vanderbilt?" Yeah, that's crazy. Vanderbilt is, still controls their own destiny. They could win out and go to a bowl. Now, I don't think they no, will. they have to be they have, have to be Florida, Florida and Tennessee. Tennessee but,
1: but regardless.
0: But uh, still
1: that, they're they're probably going to have
0: a better season than A&M. Oh, well, they already are. I mean, yeah. So uh Florida at Vanderbilt, I will go with Florida, but this is one where, again, Vanderbilt's like a 14 and a half point underdog. I'm gonna take the points in my pick them, but I will take Florida to win here.
1: The thing about Vanderbilt is I I think we needed to agree that they have made a big jump it hasn't been it hasn't been uh substantial from a win loss perspective Mm -hmm. but you have to realize you know they they couldn't do what they're doing offensively this year and i mean they're not great but Mm -hmm. they had a 63 point game you know they've they they had a chance to beat missouri they went on the road and won an sec game so they're getting better but they're going to lose this game and i'm i'm going to take uh florida to cover too All right. So you're taking Florida to win, but you would also take them to cover 14 points. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they're going to get, I think they're going to win by like 17. I I, I would not do that. I think they're starting. Well, I think, I think Florida is starting to hit their stride a little bit. They're they're starting to get it together. I think they're just going to be too talented. All
0: right. Uh, This must be last week's rankings because it still has Kentucky ranked. There's no chance that's accurate. But number one, Georgia goes to Lexington. I remember back in the offseason, you and I were looking at this game going like, hey, here's the SEC East Championship game. Instead, Georgia's already won the East, and Kentucky's just trying to hold on for for dear life at this point. Um, uh, we'll obviously both take the Bulldogs here. Yes. All right. I think we'll also both take the Tennessee Volunteers to hammer South Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, we will. And then we we'll get to no the game of the week. South Carolina. No. This is the game of the weekend. Over the last five or six, maybe even seven years, no game has been more consistently crazy and entertaining from an unbiased viewer, or even from a biased viewer like us standpoint, than the All-Miss Arkansas. An absolute madhouse year in and year out with these teams. They play the craziest game of the year. Let's look back, shall we, at some of these games and everything that's happened, starting in 2015, uh, that's the 53-52 game. Uh, that's the fourth and 25 game. Maybe one of the craziest college football games ever played. Unbelievable yeah. game. Uh, in 2016, Ole Miss, the uh, final score is 34-30, an Arkansas win. That was another game. I think it had four four lead changes in the final 15-20 like, minutes. I think Chad Kelly threw like a, a few interceptions in that game. He did. he did. He had a couple pick sixes. 2017, they went in Oxford. Uh, that's the game where the kicker, they f- tried to freeze the kicker. They called back-to-back-to-back timeouts, and he yes. made four straight field goals, and finally the last one counted. And that and what was crazy about that game is they were up by, like, four touchdowns. They were up 31-7 to and lost 38-37. to Oof.
1: That's a brutal. Yeah, Jordan Tiamu one. was just was just rolling over them. Right.
0: And then all of a sudden, nope. 2018 in Little Rock, Ole Miss finally is able to overcome things and gets the win over uh, Arkansas. This is the game Ole Miss uh, the scored. They, they drove down the field with no time left to win. They were down yeah. 33-30, and they scored. Also famous for the – I forget who the Ole Miss player was – who pulled a complete Ric Flair flop in the middle of the field. Somebody pushed him. Defensive lineman. He went into like the Fred Sanford heart attack and then hit the ground. It's incredible.
1: That was one of those Ole Miss defenses that could not
0: stop a nosebleed. Couldn't stop a nosebleed. But they got that win. 2019, a pretty easy win for Ole Miss. We'll give, this is the one game, this is the outlier game. That was Chad Morris. That, That was. Yeah. Well, so was 2018, but that game was at least exciting. 2020, Arkansas wins uh, 33-21. This is the Matt Corral throws six interceptions in one game game. That in and of itself is just a fantastic thing. And then last year's game, 52-51. If Arkansas had make the two-pointer, it's 53-52. For the second time in six years, this is the game that I watched in New York absolute madhouse. K.J. Jefferson and Matt Corral just throwing bombs. It was an unbelievable football game. I think we're going to get it again. I think these two teams are set for another classic. But who wins? Who knows? You tell me, Robbie Falk. So you You're want me to pick again? first? You're doing it again, huh? You're going to take your beloved Rebels that have cushioned your <laughs> league this year? No, I think
1: that... Um... I think I'm going to go to, with Arkansas, as strangely as that sounds. I just – it feels like Ole Miss is going to let Bama beat them twice here. And I think yeah. Arkansas is, is very physical in what they do and that read option. I think, the, I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points. I think Ole Miss is going to score a lot of points too, but playing at home is, to me, I think is going to be the difference. I think Arkansas wins by three. <sighs> And last week I was kind of leaning towards Arkansas, I mean, towards Ole Miss, but mm-hmm. Arkansas has not played great
0: mm-hmm.
1: of late. Uh, I thought, but I thought they showed some signs of life against LSU. They're going to have KJ Jefferson back. I think their backs are against the wall. This could be a lot similar to what we saw with State and Kentucky, Yeah, when Kentucky had lost like two games in a row or whatever, and they were really desperate. I think what that, helps- that could happen.
0: What helps Arkansas is, regardless of Jefferson, if Hornsby plays, they can both run. And that's yeah. where Ole Miss is, is sort of weak. I hate to do this. I really, it, it, is, I find it distasteful, but I don't think I can come back from three down in the last week. I need to be two down. So I got to go different than you here. Uh, I will pick Ole Miss. I think Arkansas is going to win. I'll be totally honest with you. But I'm going to take Ole Miss to win here and try to get a game back in the, in the, I got to play the game a little bit here uh, to see what happens. So either, I'm down four and it's over, or I'm down two and I got a fighting chance on rivalry weekend. We shall see. All right, tomorrow's the rumblings. Robbie's already sent out the tweet. You guys know what to do. Be happy to answer your questions. Also today on the uh, podcast feed, I interviewed uh, Mississippi State Interim Athletic Director Bracky Brett last week. That interview played on the uh, Mississippi Peanut Supply Tailgate Show I do each home game weekend for WKBB here in the Golden Triangle. But I decided to go ahead and bring that interview to the podcast feed because I know a lot of you may not have heard it on the pregame show. I thought it was interesting stuff to hear his thoughts on how he got to that position and what his job is going to be for these next couple of months and also his thoughts on the Bulldog Initiative. Uh, some Some thoughts there on what has to happen with Mississippi State fans and their their donations to the Bulldog Initiative. So that available that, in, that interview is available today on our podcast feed. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. We really, really appreciate it and we'll be back with you tomorrow. For Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.